Good evening and welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shop. I'll see some of the bat at C70 on Twitter with me, David Jones from iPop Editor on the Twitters, coming to you Sunday night after the Cardinals have made their little hop across the pond, played a couple of games, and I assume are in the air or have probably already landed in St. Louis. I don't know how time works. Um, so, uh, David, before we get into what actually happened, all over there in England, the general feel, the general excitement, was this a good thing? Was it a fun thing? Was it a cool thing? It's a very cool thing if it's not your team playing and if you're not <laughs> the one playing. You know, I, I it kind of made me laugh when I would hear some of the interviewers ask the players, you know, what has this experience been like? And you could kind of see a little trepidation in their answers. Like they almost want to say, it's exhausting. I hate yeah. it. I want to be in my own yeah. bed. But, you know, they're, oh, it was a fun <laughs> experience and blah, blah, blah. You know, you, but then you hear these stories about how, like, center fielders can't see the ball and the lights. Mm-hmm. And it, you're watching the ball, like, just on throws in the infield, take hops, like somebody threw one of those rubber super balls all over the place. You know, I'm sure this is one of those things they're going to look back on in a couple of years and be like, you know, that was a really cool experience. Got to go to London, you know, travel for free. I don't know if right now the guys are thinking that Uh, hopefully they're getting some sleep on their flight back (laughs) if they're not back already. But um, you know, it's one of those things. Yes, it is a cool thing for the game of baseball, but when your team is already down in the rankings and you're worried about what jet lag might do to them and fatigue, I could have done without it this year. (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 we talked about it a little bit on mutual this week, you know, you know, the idea of a mid-season game like this is a little bit iffy. You know, the, when they go to Japan, they do it before the season starts, and you know they get it. That gives everybody a chance to recover before the actual season. You know, when they come back, or you know, there's the idea of maybe playing it the week before the All Star break, so that everybody, you know, except for your All Stars, your All Stars are gonna be tired. But you know, that's too bad. They get paid a lot of money. Um, in in that the case, um, you know, at least, you know, you get to the end of that all-star break and everybody, everybody would be pretty much back on pace. Now, you know, Cardinals and Cubs come back. Um, they get a day off, which, I mean, it's nice. I mean, they, they got done at, what, noon our time, roughly. So, uh, you know, they had a partial day today, I guess, if you want to put it that way. They'll have a day and a half of hours off between when they have to do it. But, you know, Cardinals come home and have to play the Astros and the Yankees, which would have been a very, very toughie on them, even without you know, recovering from jet lag. Uh, the Cubs, they're not, their schedule isn't quite as hard, but still, you know, it doesn't really matter. You, you do have that, especially that first game back, that's got to be tough. And for the Cardinals, especially when they were starting to find a little bit of momentum to run into this little, I don't know if it's an obstacle or not, but um, a hurdle to jump is hopefully not too much for them, but we'll see. Yeah, and maybe one thing that helps a little bit is that the Astros are having to come from L.A. where they're playing the Sunday night baseball game, mm. and currently they're in the ninth inning tied. So, you know, it's one of those games where I'm like, yeah, let's go 16 innings on this one, please. <laughs> Use up all your pitchers. And so they do have the day off. So that's one of those things you hope the Cardinals maybe get back in St. Louis before Houston actually gets there. <laughs> uh, and just you know, a little bit of rest. Uh, you know, it, I guess it's London isn't that big of a time difference, so maybe it won't be that hard of an adjustment. I know like Tommy Edmond talked about when uh, in the World Baseball Classic, like it took him days to get back and get sure. adjusted. Yeah. You hope that this is just kind of a, a quick thing. 
you know, the bigger issue here is probably the fact that Jack Flaherty missed a start and that the mm-hmm. Cardinals had a essentially the Cardinals had to have two bullpen games in London. Yeah. Uh, that may be the bigger issue here. You never want that to happen. You especially don't want that to happen in another country when you have a long flight back. So that may be the bigger issue is that the, the pitching has been the issue the whole season. But now you've got an issue where you've got a bullpen that may be pretty taxed coming back, even with a day off. Yeah, and that is is possible as well. Although, you know, two two sides of that, you know, you and I, I think we're talking during the week about how, you know, Giovanni Gallegos or Jordan Hicks or, or somebody like that it, it had a chance of going like a week without pitching. And uh, obviously Hicks pitched today. Um, but he would have, without that, he's going to have pitched once in this stretch. And of course the travel and all that kind of stuff. Um, and two, the bullpen games could have been a lot worse, but for Jake Woodford, right? I mean, he, I don't want to say he saved their bacon, but it definitely helped keep things in line so that you're, you didn't have to overtax a lot of these guys, um, either with Libertor's short start because he wasn't necessarily ready to start or Adam Wainwright's short start because Adam Wainwright. Um, it's it's very rare when we can lift up Jake Woodford as a hero, so I think we probably <laughs> should do that. You know, he does have two wins on the season, which is two more <laughs> wins than Matt's does at this point, which <laughs> I, I believe I was the one that said both of those guys were going to surprise people in the rotation and be really, really good this year. Well, they've surprised. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we were having an opposite day podcast or what that was. Um might when you check my medication back when we were doing that but yeah the bullpen came through big today uh, and i've been hard on them a lot this year but they were really really good i mean hicks was the only person that gave up a run and hicks has been really good before this and coming into this but yeah hats off and really to matthew Liebertor too uh the mm-hmm. errors make his numbers look worse than they were but he did what he needed to do. Woodford, Cabrera, Gallegos, Palante, Hicks, they did what they needed to do to get the win. And coming out of this series, you had to have at least one win. You cannot go across the pond to another country and have it be where you could have just forfeited the games with the same result. Like you just can't have that happen. I will say this week, I was still a little disappointed with the results, but as far as today goes, Sunday only, they got what they needed. Yeah, it's if you look at it in a grand scheme of things, which is again harder to do when your team is the one that's playing. I think ideally, when you do a game, a series like this in a foreign country, you would like both teams to win one game, right? I mean, because of that, because they didn't go over and waste their time. Also, you know, you're trying to grow the game, right? This is you're trying to reach fans and. You know, seeing competitiveness, seeing a team being able to bounce back from a loss doesn't doesn't hurt in that regard. Um, you know, that being said, obviously I would have preferred the Cardinals to win too. But in other other years, I would probably be fine with a split. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I do think I do think I was very concerned that the Cardinals had tarnished their brand overseas uh after the first inning today uh you know losing nine to one the day before giving up four in the first uh looking like the keystone cops i was really afraid that you know this was going to turn into you know cubs propaganda and i was not on board for that 
That's funny because I was actually thinking that too, but I was wondering if I was uh, exaggerating a little bit in my mind. But I thought, you know, the Cardinals lose both of these games and it creates thousands or tens of thousands of Cubs fans in London. Mm-hmm. That that stinks. Like, you yeah. don't want that. Um, and I know this is not the same level, but, you know, what came to mind is thinking about in uh, 1992, the Dream Team playing in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And they said what that did for european basketball and basketball internationally and guys like dirk Nowitzki uh kind of came about because of that and now cardinals cubs in a two-game series is not going to have that same effect but you are going to bring fans to the game from other countries Uh, i you know i think we have probably people over in japan right now rooting for the cardinals because of newt it's just that's how it is they're keeping an eye on him And, and you know we we know there's people in Korea that pull for the Cardinals because of people that the Cardinals have pulled out of the KBO. So yeah, that was one of those things I was thinking, you know, I do not want to see a nation formed of Cubs fans because of this. So hopefully maybe that got balanced out a little bit. Um, you know, some home runs would have been nice to kind of offset some <laughs> of that too, but yeah, coming out with a win, you know, I, I think some of those fans probably saw 103 for the first time in their lives, which, most American fans see that for the first right. time in their lives when they see Jordan Hicks pitch. But, you know, something cool like that, that you can walk away from a game and go, wow, I have never seen that before. Um, so hopefully we have a few new fans out there. And if you're out there and you're listening, let us know, please. That's right. Absolutely. Um, I, I do think so. I hope so that, um, that the Cardinals did a little bit of of outreach. You're right. I, you know, I, at one time, the Cardinal games were going to be broadcast this season over in Japan because of Newt. I don't know if that's still happening because of how often Newt's been on the injured list and what this team has looked like this year. They may have decided to pull the plug on that experiment. But um, yeah, I, it, it does not hurt. Uh, and, and you want to see that, especially if you're a Cardinal, because it's going to make it easier for when these players do develop, like you said. Um, you know, to have some sort of inroads, assuming you're not looking at some sort of international draft. If you're trying to sign players from from these places, you know, having a presence of knowing what the Cardinals are can only can only help. Um, the Cardinals, like we said, we we saw we saw the good, the bad, and the ugly out of them this weekend. Um, it was a little bit surprising. I think I didn't realize. I saw somebody else post it. That I can't, apparently the fences were a little bit different this year than they were for the Red Sox and Yankees. Oh um, yes, because <laughs> yeah. I yeah we all expected like slugfests and the Cubs put up nine and and, the, and today's wasn't necessarily a pitching goal by any means, but nothing it wasn't like balls flying out of the yard all the time unless Ian Happ was hitting off of Adam Wainwright. Um, mm. So it was a little bit different than I was expecting. Um, it is a little bit sad, though, that the Cardinals could have put at least one across the board, by the way. Yeah, hopefully in batting practice, maybe they got a couple out. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. But it's kind of ironic, though, because they have relied on the long ball so much lately, and they've been mm-hmm. criticized for that. And then they come into this, and it's lots of sacrifices, which I will say, you go back two months ago, we would have been thrilled with that. Guys yeah. finally doing what they're supposed to do, just get the run in, get the guy over. They did that today. It wasn't always pretty. Uh, and sometimes it took some errors on the Cubs part. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I'll take it. it with the way this team goes. I feel like anytime they can get a run across the board, we will take that no matter if it's hitting the ball out of the park or somebody making an error that they shouldn't made. I mean, at this point we're pretty desperate for runs and wins. Yeah. Yeah. No, not going to argue, not going to give anything back for sure. Um, 
So we knew that going into this game on Saturday with Adam Wainwright on the mound, that it wasn't necessarily his best, the best situation for Wainwright. Um, especially if he thought the fences were in. That being said, I don't think anybody expected Wainwright to be quite this miserable. Um, is that some sort of tell? We had seen him just earlier that week have probably his best outing against the Nationals, so take it for what it's worth. But, you know, giving up, I think, what, two, three, and, and six and a third, something like that. Um, he's obviously gotten to the point where quality start is about the best you could hope for. But is a outing like this, do you just kind of throw it away because of the travel, because of all the strange stuff? Or is that just another sign that, you know, maybe – maybe this end is coming faster for Adam Wainwright than we like. You know, I would love to say, just throw it out. It's an outlier. It's not going to happen. Um, and I, I had a feeling we were going to talk about Wainwright today. And I, I started feeling like the Supreme court judges that like recuse themselves from something that's a little <laughs> too close to home. Like, I feel like just because I'm such a fan that I just want to say, you know, I'm going to step back out of this. I'm not going to deal with this, but you know, I wonder if this has more to do with the Cubs being so familiar with him and seeing him so much. And when you know a guy's tendencies, know how a guy throws, and you know a guy's not going to hit 90, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think they were sitting back on stuff and just ready to crush it. Um, he had some trouble with location early on, and then after that he was it looked like he was trying to hit the corners and struggling to do that. But even when he was hitting the corners, they were hitting the ball hard. You know, I... I hate saying this. I I feel like at best he's a fifth starter for this team and his previous three starts, they were all between five and six innings, gave up three runs. I think we're at a point where that's about the best you can hope for, which is, you know, either like you mentioned quality start or just below quality start. Uh, It's one of those things where you have a great offense where you can say, Hey, if you can go five and two thirds or go six and give up three, you've given us a chance to win. And that's all we need. Um, that I think that's best case scenario. Now I, I think what you see today is something that's going to happen occasionally this season. Hopefully mm-hmm. not often, but yeah, I I don't think we're going to be seeing seven or eight innings of shutout baseball or, or one run baseball. I think you're looking at quality start as best case scenario and quality start by the minimum. Um, tell me I'm wrong, please. I would like to, but I pretty much just said quality started best. So I can't really go against that either. I, I do think there's probably going to be a game where Adam Wainwright goes out there and throws seven spoils innings. You know, he's going to find like one more of those kind of games in his career. Um, that being said, I, you know, this is just, you know, like you said, if, if everybody knows you're going to throw the curveball, you got to throw it either throw it really well every time, or find something to mix it up with and leave people off balance. And, and the fastball is not necessarily there for that. It, it makes it difficult. And you got to hope your defense is fine too, which has not necessarily been the best for him lately either. Right. I mean, everybody has had a little bit of defensive miscues. It feels like so. Yeah. I can't see it getting just significantly better uh, for the long haul. I mean, I could see a game or two here and there being okay, being good maybe even a man that was veteran that was classic Wainwright type of game but he probably follows that up with a five runs and three innings kind of game um do you think there's a chance because he's still he's too short of 200 do you think that he's there's a chance he gets those two wins 
and then doesn't play the rest of the year? Like he retires at that point in time? Or do you think the competitiveness of Adam Wainwright is he's there for the long haul, no matter? Oh, I, I don't think the first thing you mentioned would happen. Now, mm-hmm. maybe it's one of those things where they skip a start or maybe put an extra day between starts. But the competitor in him, and he's talked about this before, like when you pitch, you have to have that confidence to think that you're going to go out there and dominate every single mm-hmm. day. Um, and if you don't, you're you're going to struggle. So I, I think in his head, he, he knows he's struggling. Like he's not arrogant. But I think in his head, he thinks that he still can go out there and compete and he's going to try until they don't let him. So I think it will become a team decision more than a Wainwright decision. Now, now maybe if he continues to struggle, maybe then, yeah, maybe that's something that happens. But his last three starts show that he can still be serviceable. But like I said, fifth starter. Now, if everything else is clicking right, you might be able to deal with that. Uh, the problem is everything else isn't going right. You don't have guys going out there and dominating. I was thinking today, there's not one starter on this team that when I see them listed, I think, oh, we're going to win this today, regardless of who the opponent is. Now, maybe if it's the Nationals, I'm like, okay, Montgomery, yeah, we, we've got a good chance today. But I don't have that feeling like, like I've had in years past where I see the guy's name written in and go, oh, yep, we got this one, no doubt. No, it, it best I'm thinking, eh, okay, we have a chance. And so when even your top starters are guys where you're thinking, eh, we have a chance rather than, yeah, we got this. It makes it more glaring when that Adam Wainwright, that fifth starter, whoever it is, just doesn't have it. And it's hard to say Adam, you know, should step away, you know, altruistically when there's not anybody to take a spot. Right. I mean, it's exactly. not like, We've got four great starters and you got two great starters in Memphis that are just waiting. And this old, you know, veteran guy is just kind of standing in the way. I mean, if Adam Wainwright didn't pitch, if he had to take him out of the rotation, what are you going to do? You're going to put in Jake Woodford who, yeah, okay. He had a good weekend, but I don't think anybody's ready for him to be able to start again. You're going to bring up Dakota Hudson. Nobody wants that. Um, You know, are you, you know, they're not ready to bring up McGreevy or, Graceffo yet um and those guys aren't prepared so you know without making some trades or something of that nature there's you know there's no reason to even suggest for Adam Wainwright to leave because he's better than the alternatives which is just telling you a lot about the alternatives um, yeah it, when you look at Memphis there is not a there I think there's one healthy starter who has an ERA under maybe four and a half, Mm -hmm. but pretty much everyone else, their ERAs are in like the five sixes. And then Zach Thompson, who knows what they did to him, but he's like in the seven or eights at this point. So yeah, that's the thing. Like it it would be one thing if Tink Hintz was sitting at Memphis with like a 1.2 ERA, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he's years away from pitching. So no, you're right. Uh, Unless a trade is made. And really that is at this point, the only way, that's going to happen unless a trade is made. There is nobody better. Now, do the Cardinals go out and get, you know, do they take a shot at one of those guys that's been released that nobody wants, you know, the Madison Bumgarners? Eh. I mean, typically they've tried that in the past, but even then you're probably not getting anybody who's just, you know, shoulders ahead of Wayne Wright at that point. So yeah, I, I, this rotation is, it is what it is until a trade's made or somebody gets hurt. Yeah. And Speaking of trades, and we get into some of the stuff that John Mozeliak said this week, and to the point that 
he said, yes, sir. Of course, a lot of questions about what are the Cardinals going to do at the trading deadline? We're getting closer and closer to when you've got to start making those decisions. We talked about it last week where you kind of needed to go, you know, you've, you you know, mid July, all-star break, you kind of have to pretty much be ready, you know, know where you're going to go. Um, and Mosellock said that he didn't believe the Cardinals would ever tolerate a rebuild. And I think that's fair, right? I mean, I don't, there are people out there that continue to think that they want this whole thing to be blown up and torn down and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, and I don't think it's necessary. I mean, do you, I mean, are you, you're not one of those that's, you know, got a little bit of dynamite in their pocket, are you? Uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> as fans, we tend to be prisoners of the moment. And when things stink, everything stinks. Um, right now, it's easy to say that Mo is the, worst vice president of baseball operations or whatever his title is and in, in history and Gersh should be fired too. And the DeWitts are cheapskates. And, okay. I get that. Like I get that when people say that, but look at the last 20 years of Cardinals baseball and, and see what the team has done. Yes. This year is not good. This year's an anomaly. This year, this team is underperforming. And yes, the team has not won a world series in quite a while, but when you look at how often they've been to the playoffs and, and I, I know people are going to, hear that and go, well, yeah, the point's not just to get to the playoffs. I get that. But look at the Phillies last year and what happened. The thing is, this team has been successful because this team has been successful. They have not had the high draft picks that other teams like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Baltimore have had. They didn't get to draft a Jackson holiday um, early on or first pick in the draft. So it's pretty amazing that this hasn't already happened. That's kind of what I'm getting at. It's, it's pretty shocking that we haven't been to this point yet. I was thinking back today about there was a point in the nineties with McGuire where when you asked, you didn't ask first if the Cardinals won, you said, did McGuire hit one right. and you got your answer. And then you said, did the Cardinals win? Because winning wasn't even a priority. So we've been very lucky that this has not happened yet. It's happening now. That being said, they are not in the position where they need to blow this all up. They do not need to trade Nolan Arenado. They do not need to trade Paul Goldschmidt, no matter what people on MLB Network are saying. It just makes no sense. And the reason for that is this team can compete next year, if not later this year. I don't think that's going to happen, but next year they can compete. They can compete the year after. They've got these guys under contract. The pitching is the issue, and the pitching can be fixed. It's not an easy fix, but it can be fixed. But this team can be ready to compete again next year. You've got Jordan Walker coming up. You've got a lot of young players. It'd be one thing if this team was full of guys that were 43 years old, but it's not. you still got a lot of guys in their prime. you got guys that are going to get better. They just have to figure some things out. So that being said, no, you don't have to blow this whole thing up. But like I mentioned last week, you might end up trading some things, mm -hmm. getting some key components, strengthening your farm system. And then you can use some of those pieces to possibly get that picture you need. But no, and I know I just got on my soapbox rant there um, <laughs> because there's people that just, you know, they take this game so seriously that they think that like, you know, Mo should be murdered or something for this or, you know, run out of town yeah. and, and never allowed back in again. For the most part, the guy's done a really good job for with what he's been given and the resources. Um, and so that being said, I think this team is in a good place. The organization's in a good place. This isn't Oakland. Thank goodness it's not Oakland. Um, that's going to take some time. Um, this team still is capable of winning and being a quality organization for years to come. 
And that's pretty amazing for a team that has not had those draft picks. I'll shut up now and I'll give you the floor um, and people can throw stuff if they want. Well, I mean, and that's, that's all fair. I, I think that's all exactly right too. I do think it will be interesting because it's again, we're almost to the all, halfway to the point. And if you want to believe that the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs, I can see that path. They're eight and a half out today after the Reds lose. Um, there's still a believable path to the division. I don't know that they're going to get there. Um, and then given how, where they are, you know, selling guys that they don't necessarily expect to bring back or aren't any kind of big core piece and bringing back talent is a, good thing well and who said and you know getting a chance to maybe draft in the top 10 for the first time since i think jd drew um you know that would be great to have that kind of talent to be in the organization assuming that you trust them to make the right draft pick and so far randy Flores has done a pretty good job drafting over the last few years um so i i could see that i see the appeal to that but you're right i don't think that you want to burn it all down because you know the teams that burn it all down occasionally do win i mean it worked for houston although if you've ever read winning isn't everything or winning is it fixes everything that's what it was sorry uh it, a interesting book that talks about how houston did it but also the complete lack of ethics that that houston had in the process <laughs> um and, you know, you look at the Cubs, the Cubs did that and, and they got a world series out of it, which is great for the Cubs. And, you know, it took them 108 years, blah, 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 but it didn't turn into that dynasty that they thought they were going to have. Right. I, I mean, most of these, a lot of these teams, some of these teams that, that tank for so long, they never get any better. Right. I mean, Pittsburgh, Kansas city, I don't know that they've necessarily considered them tanking. They're just bad, but and they've been bad for decades. Um, Oakland is probably a situation where they're, you know, cheapskate and doing everything they can not to win, but that's a whole different type of situation. And it's going to take years, assuming it can come back. I, yeah, I just don't see that there's point to that. Um, that said, I do think that there's a lot of logic to trading some of these guys like Flaherty, like Montgomery, if you're not planning on signing them, and I don't know what the front office plan is for either one of those guys. But if you're not planning on re-signing them and they're going to be free agents at the end of the year, surely those guys will bring back more than the, you know, compensation draft pick when they when they leave. And I, I think I'm okay with that, right? I think you can, you can be a seller without going to a rebuild. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. You know, I, I heard some people talking on radio about how this was a pretty good week for the Cardinals because if you kind of go back into last week a little bit, they mm. took two of three from the Mets, they took two of three from the Nationals, and then split with the Cubs in an overseas series. And I get what they're saying, but my thinking on that is that's a good outcome if you're five games up in your division. Mm. When you are this far out in your division, that's not okay. Like, that's not good. That's yeah. acceptable. But they did that, and they lost ground in the division. So at this point, you cannot be losing ground. You've got to win all those games against Washington. You've got to take both of those games against the Cubs, especially with what's coming up. And so it to me, it just everything right now is pointing to the fact that this team is not making the playoffs. Now, something could happen. And like I said, if you can get within six games by All-Star break, then sure, you got a chance. 
but I, I don't think this team is making the playoffs. I don't think it's even going to be particularly close. And so, yeah, that's where I think, you know, maybe you talk to Jordan Montgomery and talk to his agent if you can during the season and see if an extension is possible. I think he's kind of already said he's not talking during the season. Mm-hmm. I get that. But yeah, guys like him and Flaherty, they're saying that there's not going to be much pitching out there at the deadline. So maybe you get more than what you normally get. Um, Now I know the Cardinals don't have like a a Luis Castillo on their team, but if you look at what the reds got for him, when they made that trade, that's part of the reason why they're building back so quickly. Now you're not going to recoup that if you're the Cardinals, but you can get a portion of that. Maybe somewhere along the way, you get a couple top 100 prospects, which would be good. Uh, MLB just released their updated list. Because of some graduations and also guys falling, Cardinals only have two guys in the top 100 right now, Mason Wynn and Tink Hintz, according to them. So, yeah, if you can build up your farm a little bit, get some young pitchers, young outfielders, whatever it may be, and either you develop them or use them as trade bait down the line, maybe it happens. But, yeah, you're not trading your core players. You're not trading your first or third baseman, your Jordan Walkers. That's just not happening. Yeah. But yeah, some of those pitchers, the guys whose contracts are expiring, uh, it may be time to say goodbye and for the Cardinals to do something they haven't done in a long time. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it happens, right? I mean, nothing, nothing lasts forever, um, and the Cardinals have had a lot longer window of being competitive at the than anybody else. So, except maybe I guess the Yankees, they've got a, a longer track record of being over five hundred, but. Um, yeah, I think that I, you know, and again, anybody that's free agent is for a game and that includes Jordan Hicks. Um, I, I don't know, even with his recent resurgence, you know, I guess it just, again, depends on if they think they can resign him or not. Um, you know, there's some other guys, I, you know, do you think there's a market for Paul DeYoung? We've seen him kind of come back to earth, but he's still kind of a league average shortstop with power. Uh, what do you think? Do you think anybody would be willing to take him on, especially with two option years? I, I think so. Now, the contract, the options, yes, that could make a little bit of an issue. I, I think most guys that are available that the Cardinals would have would be available. I, I think that they have some value. Now, let me say, when I say some value, I don't mean that they're going to turn, you know, a number three guy in an organization. Mm-hmm. It may be a guy who's outside the top thirty. Uh, so it it may not be some superstar future superstar that just it doesn't work this isn't fantasy sports but maybe you get a guy you know the cardinals traded matt adams for some unknown guy named juan yepes and he's turned into a guy that's actually contributed at the major leagues and so maybe paul DeYoung brings you back somebody like a juan yepes a 17 year old who you know you know nothing about and that five six years from now you realize okay this guy could actually play now Maybe you trade some of these guys back, you trade these guys and you get cash considerations. I don't know. But I I think most guys that the Cardinals would have available would return something. Uh, Some will return more than others. But yeah, I do think a Paul DeYoung would have some value. I actually think right now he may have more value than Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. For one thing, you know, he's actually going to play. And and we have no idea about when Tyler O'Neill is going to return. It doesn't sound like so. Or if. (laughs) <laughs> or if exactly, um, which is is bad for the Cardinals and it's bad for Tyler O'Neill um, because if Tyler O'Neill goes into this year this off season as a guy that didn't play but you know six games this season, um, he's not going to get the contract that he would get if he you know comes back and 
hits 13 homers in the last two months or something like that. You know, he'll find a job next year, but it just won't be the same type of thing. Do you think the Cardinals will, and I don't know, again, we don't know what's out there. We don't know who's necessarily on the market and blah, blah, blah. But do you think the Cardinals are likely to try to kind of help this team while helping the future get a guy kind of like Montgomery last year who had another year on their contract or something like that, even if it costs them a little bit more in talent? I think you have to. I think they have to be doing that right now. I, I You have to be thinking two or three years ahead for this team because mm-hmm. this year, you know, they may pull off another Lester and Hap type deal. Okay, sure, fine, whatever. But I think definitely you have to be thinking for next year and maybe even the year beyond that, uh, especially with regards to pitching. Because you look at the top free agent pitchers from this past season, this past offseason, like the top five or six guys have barely pitched this year they've all been hurt um it's not you know you may have much of the same going into next year or you may get guys that are getting Scherzer and Verlander money you know Otani's gonna break the bank that's for sure Cardinals are not gonna be in on that so I think their best route is to start looking now for that pitcher or pitchers that they can pitch into 2024 2025 um it's kind of that whole playing chess instead of playing checkers thing you know if you're only looking for the trade deadline this year uh you're going to come up short but if you can actually start thinking long term then it it makes a lot of sense and i know there's been some reports out there that maybe they've they're a good fit with seattle um who knows if that comes about you know maybe they could flip tyler o'neill for marco gonzalez that yeah interesting Uh, well both of them are on the injured list now so (laughs) yeah you heard it here first and six years ago uh (laughs) But yeah, um, that's kind of where I'm at. I, do you think it, is it, especially with somebody like Mo possibly being on his last contract, is it? Do you think they should be thinking that far ahead, or is this something that you wait for the new regime to kind of come in and take control of whoever that may be? Well, and I think that I think it's very fair to say that the new regime after Mo is already there. Um, it's they're not going outside the organization to bring somebody in. Um, it's either going to be Michael Gersh or Randy Flores. Um, and it sounds like betting money might be on Flores. Uh, it was interesting. I heard that he kind of observed the uh, blogger day this year where Mo's giving the uh, questions, question and answer session with the bloggers. Uh, he was in the background from what I understand. So, you know, maybe, maybe trying to figure out if he really wants the job, if he has to deal with people like that, um, which is completely fair. I, I think they're there. And so you can do that three to five year planning as long as you get those guys in the mix on these decisions. It may be where Moses, okay, look, we're going to, we've got this on the, on the table, but you know, you're going to have to deal with the consequences. What do you think? Um, I think that they can do that. Um, and I think, you know, I think they would like to do that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, I don't think they're, because I don't think they're going to turn around and do the, the Lester Hap thing unless they just think they need innings. Um, because, I, you know, unless they make some sort of run over the next week where they don't lose any games and the Reds fall apart and the Brewers don't do anything and all of a sudden they're like within four games of the division when the or three or four of when the All-Star break comes around, I, I just don't think that when they look pragmatically, they're going to be looking at not necessarily figuring out anything for this year. So 
I think they'll, you know, they've got, I think they're smart enough to look at the long term, And I think, like I said, they'll just get as many people involved as possible. And, you know, there's the argument made that that's part of the problem for this year, that there's trying maybe behind the scenes to start this transition. And there's a lot of voices that aren't necessarily going in the same direction at the right time. Yeah, that's, I've heard that as well, that this may be more of a, um, oh, how would you say it? more of a business transition <laughs> failure than uh, actually on the field though. I, you know, I, I think sometimes that stuff can be um, a little overreported. Mm-hmm. You know, baseball is one of those games that compared to the other major sports, things like clubhouse chemistry is probably not as important as when you have 11 guys on a field or five guys on a court or something like that, but it, it can make a difference. And, and that may have to do with how the, the makeup of the team, the, the roster and, where things have fallen short there. Um, you know, the players have to perform, but if you don't have the pitchers who can perform or you don't have the right players in place, sure. And so I have heard that too, that this is Mo has possibly kind of put things in place, but taken a step back and is allowing people to kind of figure it out. Um, whether that's the case, who knows? Uh, I know it's not been fun for us to watch if the on the field <laughs> product this year definitely has not been fun. Uh, but you know, the Cardinals have been a well-run organization for so long. For for a long time, they were the model organization. They were the organization yeah. that other clubs tried to emulate. Not quite there anymore. And that goes for a number of things. You know, they were on top of analytics for a lot of other teams. Now they've kind of fallen behind. And now we're not quite sure what they're doing with them. But you hope that they can kind of recoup some of that. I, I think... I think the Cardinals are always going to be a classy organization that others want to emulate, even if the on the field product isn't what it normally is or should be. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Although too much of this kind of year takes the shine off that quick, kind of quickly. Um, But that is, you know, front office success is is cyclical, right? I mean, that's the A's were in the money ball, right? We're, we're, we're the, cream of the crop until everybody kind of started to copy them. Um, you know, Houston at LA, but LA seems to be maybe slipping a little bit, you know, like, although not significantly. Um, these, these front offices, nothing, nothing lasts forever, I guess is, is the point, but um, you just hope that, that it's a slow bounce, you know, back, back into leading the pack or figure out what it is that they need to do to start leading the pack. So there's a lot there. Um, and I think this is a season where they're going to get pretty close to being able to just say, let's experiment because it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, but, you know, it, it, again, then it's, you know, uh, you know, it's right before the series started, even Saturday, you know, after the Cardinals have you know, lost ground while not playing because the Reds are winning and then they go and lose to the Cubs and you start, you know, 10 games out or whatever. And you're like, man, this is just over. And now back to eight and a half a little bit of momentum perhaps um you hope keeps getting dangled out there just just enough to make it you not necessarily want to just say this season's over well typically i'm a pretty positive person and right now i'm positive this team is not making the playoffs (laughs) i've just resigned myself to that you know it they've shown us who they are we can't expect them to be any better this is this is it like you can't, you know, if, if they were three games out, I'd say maybe they have a chance, you know, sure. 
but no, this far out, they cannot make up that this that ground with this pitching staff. And they're not, you know, they could even bring in Verlander, Burns, and maybe one other ace. I'd still be skeptical that they could make up that ground. They'd have a better chance. But I, in my eyes, I hate to be that pessimist, but I think I'm being more of a realist. I, this season's shot. And I hate to say that even before the halfway point. Like That's what's so depressing. Like mm-hmm. We still have another half of this to watch, over half a season, and I'm already throwing in the towel. But that's where I am right now. I, I I think it's over. I think that's fair. Um, I, I don't, I guess I don't want to do that yet. Uh, if you give me logically, yeah, it's really, really hard. Um, but you know, you start seeing again, the rest of this division and all that kind of stuff. You start thinking, you know, if this and if that, but that is a lot of ifs and a whole lot of stuff that has not gone right for the, the Cardinals this year including the fact that the a astros just went 11 innings instead of 16 so maybe that uh, <laughs> is going to be a problem as well but uh we will see yeah it's i don't know i i don't want to uh i don't want to write them off i do think that there's a possibility that you probably should write them off i do think that they'll find i do think that when they commit to that there's still going to be some interesting things this, this you know july august september to watch i think the cardinals have to do something to you know continue to get people interested whether that's hey mason Wynn's going to come up in late in august and, and play every day um or well i don't know what else <laughs> or we're gonna you know we're gonna play luke and baker and juan yepes all the time or, or they're gonna have to do something to try to get a little bit you know because that's when they're selling their season tickets for next year and if this team goes out with a, you know, whimper. Um, there's not going to be a whole lot of people that are going to want to sign up for the, for next year, uh, at least in September and October and, and think, man, I don't, do I want to do that again? So I feel like they're going to have to try to do something that shows a little bit of excitement for 2024. Absolutely. And you know, if Paul DeYoung was put out there in a trade or packaged in a trade, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, that does open the door possibly for Mason Wynn to come up in the last couple of months, show what he can do. And, and, you know, maybe it's, you know, I hate to go back to those McGuire days where you're just looking at the long ball, but maybe this is we start just watching Jordan Walker become the face of this team. We just start see him get comfortable and hit the ball out of the ballpark, and maybe that's what we enjoy the last couple months when they're so far out of it they can't catch up. And I don't know. Then we start. Baseball's weird because you can't really look ahead to the next draft yet because like those are still kids in high school and they mm-hmm. haven't even been really discovered yet. So you can't really do that. But you know, you can start looking ahead to the off season, thinking about what the team needs to do. Um, thinking about the prospects, thinking about who they've traded for, who they will trade for. Uh, I, I kind of think that's where we're headed. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and this week makes a, a big difference uh, for all that, because if the Cardinals, for some reason, you know, even win two out of three against both the Astros and the Yankees, then maybe you feel a little bit, maybe, maybe there is a little bit of, of a spark, but if they come in and just get kind of, if they go one and five in this series and that's, you know, you start thinking, well, I don't think there's not really anybody, including me, that can say, yeah, yeah, they still got a chance. Um, so this could be a, a bit of a, a pivot for them and we'll see what they do with it. I think we know what they're going to do with it. It's not great, but we've been wrong before. I think we have a pretty good idea this time. Uh, now, hey, maybe we'll be surprised and have the most uplifting podcast of the season next year. Or next year. Yeah, it actually would be <laughs> next year. Next week. Uh, I think it's going to be much of the same. Do you know, just replay this one. Yeah, people, I, if you want to replay this one, that's fine. Uh, you know, we're, we're always willing to get to get more downloads. Um, that, that's <laughs> fine. So, uh, 
All right. Well, we will see how next this week goes uh, as the Cardinals get back on on this side of the Atlantic and play some games against good teams. Um, and until next week, for David, I'm Daniel. Good night. See ya. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click Subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.